attention, please. Stop walking while I'm squawking. All aboard. Hi, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. It's November, and that means... You don't even know the lyrics. No, I do. I do. I just like it's been a long day. Copyright. We don't want. We don't want to get sued by Mariah Carey. Um, it's Mariah season here at Gen D. Oh my goodness! You know what? I'm laughing at you because I'm such a Halloween girl. Did you see? I'm still wearing my Sanderson sister shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is frankly because it's laundry day. It's November. It's over. It's laundry day, and I wanted to put a t-shirt on before this because I was wearing a sweater and I wanted to wash it. But this is on the top of the pile. Okay, stop. But you know what? I was re-listening, and I'm like. And I don't care about what I'm so happy. You are, I know you're so happy, and, and I'm you wouldn't let any of our Halloween episodes let me be happy because you're all like, Oh, but Mariah Carey, oh, but Christmas is around the corner. It's like, Get out of here, you little fly. Like, I was happy we're with talking our Halloween about episodes. Halloween. We were last week, we were singing Boo to You, so like, yeah, now you still talking about Mariah. Yeah, you still couldn't let Mariah go. Time. It is Mariah. It is Mariah season. You know, did I ever tell you the story about how I was working at Good Morning America the year she did Dick Clark's New Year's Rock and Eve? <gasps> no, but I know the infamous moments because I've watched them on the costume, YouTube before. Costume malfunction. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, 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 no. That was the second year. This this was years later when she did it. The first year she did it, Dick Clark was still with us, and. Oh, okay. It was like Dick Clark and Ryan's New Year's Rock and Eve, whatever it was before. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so all the GMA people got pulled to go do Rock and New Year's Eve because they needed all hands on deck for this live show in the middle of Times Square. Anyway, <laughs> so two things. One, oh, no. she like New Year's Eve night, we're all walking around the studio and she just comes up to me. She sees me and she's like sort of walking in this very tight little dress that we all thought she was going to malfunction out of. She stops uh-huh. me and she goes, Merry Christmas, baby, and kisses me on the cheek <gasps> and then just kept walking. And I was like, oh, 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 oh. Wow. be still, my little heart. Suddenly, all of this makes sense why you love Mariah Carey's I'll Be Home for Christmas or it's whatever not it's I'll called. Be Home. All, you know what? what it is. Don't even don't. All even I want for Christmas. Thank you. It is the anthem. So then she so rewind. We were like fulfilling her writer for her performance. Uh-huh. And so what a writer is, I guess we should explain what a writer is. Yep. Writer on these contracts, these celebrities sometimes have the most ridiculous writers to their contracts. Like just, mm-hmm. ev- they ask for everything and they get it because that's part of people their performance. People have heard about these. This is like when people say like, I want only blue M&Ms in a bowl that is exactly an eight by 10 bowl. <laughs> like they'll ask for these weird, a, super specific amazing. things. So the day, it is New Year's Eve and Everybody forgot that we had to fulfill these writer things in our contract. So it was myself and another production assistant, like running around New York City with this list of things that she wanted in her trailer. And I'll never forget, she had asked for these specific scented candles in her trailer. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Nothing is open in New York City on New Year's Eve after a certain time. And so could not find them. (laughs) The best we did was we went to a Dwayne Reed, which is like Walgreens. Okay. And found tea light scented vanilla candles. Oh, no. <laughs> and we 
put them around her trailer. Her manager was not. I bet. She still performed, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's my Was she wanting like a specific fancy bougie candle or was it just like scented candles? It was like a specific vanilla candle she wanted that we could not get because it was like 5 p.m. on New Year's Eve. And wasn't well, you should have you should have always had it, Adam. Clearly. So wait, is Mariah Carey the last woman who's given you a kiss? Oh no, <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> this is I was gonna that, say this is this is not that podcast. Oh, uh, so <laughs> anyway, on that note, yeah, I'm excited. It's Mariah season. We're ready. We've we we do have our intermediate intermediate inter inter. I don't know. You know the word. The in intermediary. The middle, intermediary. I don't know. Like decorations. We have the Thanksgiving yeah. decorations up. Yeah, interim. interim. That's the word. Smart. Um, I write for a living. So we have an <laughs> interim decoration of the Thanksgiving display already out. Halloween went down in the morning on November 1st. Thanksgiving went up. So we keep some of the pumpkins and like the fall. And we have fall leaves and lights. Yeah. But just you wait. The morning after Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah Christmas explodes all over the Seacrest household. I love it. As a Jewish man, mm-hmm. have you, like, do you have, besides also um, Mariah Carey, do you have, like, favorite mm-hmm. Christmas songs that you're like, mm-hmm. I just have to listen to? Like, and also, besides the Dreidel song, are there any Jewish holiday songs? Dreidel, Have dreidel, you dreidel. not heard of the great Adam Sandler? Oh, and the yes. Hanukkah song. Okay. Eight crazy. <laughs> yeah, of course. Hanukkah. Sing Hanukkah. Happy oh, wait, no, no, no. Hanukkah. And like yeah. the menorca or whatever it goes. Yeah. Anyway, no, we have like, no, it's they're bad. It's like dreidel, 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 or on this night we shall light two little candles burning bright. Yeah. Huh. That's about it. You guys, you guys get all the good stuff. You get Mariah and you get my other, my actual, my favorite Christmas album is Kelly Clarkson's Wrapped in Red. <gasps> Do I know this, Adam? It came out when we were working together, uh, I and I think you and I listened to it like every <laughs> lunch break. I have specific memories of you and I driving to the In and Out in Hollywood and just cranking that bad boy mm-hmm. and listening. It is a solid it's album. A great, it's a great because it's Christmas got album. some originals and then it's got mm-hmm. the classics in there. So yep. it's Kelly Clarkson. Yep, the Queen. What about you? What's your favorite Christmas album? And you can't say the soundtrack to The Nightmare Before Christmas. My, I have two favorites. And this one is like our unpaid intern, Ryan, actually got me hip to this particular one. But this is the album that we listen to every year when we put up the Christmas tree. And it's this guy who was in a band called Thursday, like an emo band called Thursday a long time ago. And his name is Dustin Kensrew. And he has an album, a Christmas album, and all of it is so good. He's got this like raspy, smoky type voice. And so he sings like Merry Christmas, darling. And it's so good. And like, I I just love it. It's nothing I would have ever selected for myself if Ryan weren't in my life. And it's, I think my favorite Christmas album. Hey, folks, it's everybody's favorite unpaid intern, Ryan, coming at you with a quick editor's note. You just heard Dana bring up the fantastic Christmas album, Please Come Home, by the amazing Dustin Kensrew. However, he is not actually a member of the band Thursday, and while they are an undeniably great and influential band, Dustin was and still is the frontman and songwriter for the progressive post-hardcore band Thrice, which to this day is still putting out consistently great records. I highly recommend checking out their catalog if that's the sort of thing that you think you might be into. And now, back to the show. My other favorite, and this is super lame, 
um, is Vince Gill. He's a country artist from the like okay. 80s and 90s. I love him. I think it's just because I grew up listening to a lot of folk and country music. But Vince Gill has a really beautiful Christmas album. So those are the two I love. Well, did I did we talk about this? Oh, wait. What? I forgot the word. I, what? I'm, I'm the worst fan. What? I forgot Dolly Parton. Has two incredible ones. She has Holly Dolly Christmas. And then her, her one with Kenny Rogers is another favorite. It's super cheesy. You know, right now in the West End in London, I only know this because we saw the signs for it, is a Dolly Parton Christmas at the National Theater in London right now, which I'm very upset that we're not there to see it. But what we will go see, if I can convince a certain husband of mine to sit through this, is Mariah Carey's Christmas show at Madison Square Garden. They sold out one night at MSG, and now they've opened up a second night. Whoa. Yeah, she sold out the arena. Dang. Uh Holy smokes. Wow. Well, I'm not surprised because it's Christmas and Mariah Carey, but that's crazy. Yeah, so Um, I I really want to go. But what are we here for? Are we talking about Christmas? I guess Disney. I guess. Well, Oh, Christmas Disney. But it's but just like us, and we're going to talk about this in a second, but Segway, Segway, uh-huh. I just got a picture of those people on Segways, like, running around. Do you remember those? I know. Oh, yeah. Are those still a thing? I don't think so. You would know. know better than me. Do you see them around New York anymore? <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> I'm going to buy you one for Christmas. <laughs> yes, and I will use it every day. So our Segway here, and we'll get to it in a second, but just as Mariah Carey deems it, Christmas time on November 1st. So do the Disney parks because they're already decked out oh, yeah. with their Christmas decorations like magic. We'll get to that in a second. We'll get to the happy stuff in a second, but I think a little bit of a mouse musing that we need to discuss that's happening at one of the Disney parks around the planet. Yeah. This so, is crazy. This is nuts. You know, look, the pandemic has been going on and on and on. And, Frankly, let's just be honest, no matter your thoughts on it in the U.S., it's the country as a whole has basically essentially moved on from it, right? Like, we have no more lockdowns. We have no more restrictions. I rarely see anybody wearing a mask out in public anymore. Like, I think for the most part, the country has just made a decision. We're going to get our boosters. We're going to move on and we're going to live our lives. Mm -hmm. Huh. (laughs) That is very different than China. So Shanghai Disney, a resort I really want to go to at some point. Me too. I don't know if we'll ever get to go. The park looks amazing. Well, they just announced that as of October 31st, they abruptly shut their gates and closed the park because of Mm -hmm. COVID again. And the Chinese government has told them they had to close. (laughs) And that was after Shanghai reported... How many cases do you think it takes for Shanghai to just shut down? I know that China has a zero COVID policy, which it seems pretty. It's impossible. It it seems blindsided to me to be like, oh, zero COVID. We just can't have it here. We have no tolerance for it. It's like it's not like bullying. Like you just it's a disease. It's a viral disease. It's never going away. We have to learn to live. It's not going to go away. We have to adapt. So my guess is based off of what I know, the news is that you're about to share I'm going to guess like a shockingly low amount of people have COVID right now in China, like a couple hundred thousand. (laughs) That's cute. What? So the 31st was Monday. So on Saturday, the 29th of October, there were 10 10 locally transmitted cases in Shanghai, which has forced Shanghai into a full lockdown. Stop. 10? 10. 
10. Oh my goodness. So, There's probably I 10 mean, at like an elementary school right now. Like that's so silly. When they do this, it's an immediate lockdown. So as in people, if you were in an Ikea, for instance, you're stuck in the Ikea when they lock down. You cannot leave the Ikea. So there were literally reports of people like fleeing stores when they heard about the lockdown happening, trying to get out of there and get home before the lockdown went in. So these people who are stuck in a place like Ikea, well, guess what else was open with thousands of people at it on October 31st in Shanghai? Shanghai Disney. Shanghai Disney. (laughs) So they had to lock everybody inside the park. And the only way you could get out of the park was to prove a negative COVID test. Did they have stations? Did they allow people to figure out how to prove it? Do not know. (laughs) So the only way you could leave the park was if you proved, if you could show a negative COVID-19 test. So (laughs) what Disney did is they were like, okay, cool. What are we going to do with all these people? Yeah. So they left the rides running for everybody who was trapped inside the park until they could get out. So literally, like, the park was functioning, but nobody could come in or out. This feels like a dystopian nightmare. 1,000%. Like, I, what is going on? Like, they, I mean, the pushback from the Chinese people about these lockdowns. Like, the lockdowns, I, they've got to be the only country left on the planet enforcing these lockdowns like they are. Oh, my god! And it's not, I mean, not, I'm not, oh, gosh, I don't want to get political, but I don't. It's not working. They still have spread of COVID. COVID is going to be around us. We know that. We've accepted that here. We have the medicine to let us take as many precautions as we can so we can go about and live our lives. Right. You, we're responsible adults. We get our vaccines. We move about our lives. It blows my mind when you watch the news reports of what's happening in China and these people are locked in their homes, like as in can't go get groceries. They have to wait for deliveries from the government. And all these other things, like, wow, it's just nuts. That is insane. I can't believe, I mean, I can believe it because it's China, but like, this just seems ridiculous. So wait, I have a question. Do you know if they fed the people? Like, did the food become free after oh, a while? No idea. no idea. I would hope they fed them. I don't know. It's Bob Paychecks in charge. So he probably up. He was like, ooh, ooh. Ooh, there's a demand is up for food. Let's uh, raise the churros are suddenly twelve ninety five, folks. <laughs> what do they call it? Dynamic pricing. Yep, we're gonna dynamic price it. No, that's awful. I, well, I just can't wait for Jordan Peele to hear this story and have it be inspiration for his next horror film or something of like getting trapped in a theme park. <gasps> no, did you know there is a horror film making its circuit? At the festivals, and I'm cannot, they haven't said when it's going to get released in theater. Kevin Williamson wrote it, <gasps> and it's called Sick, and it is a pandemic-based slasher movie of people in a lockdown. Oh, my goodness. And Kevin Williamson of Scream. Yeah. Because people know, if you, you've listened to us, you know who Kevin Williamson is. Anyway, he wrote it, and it's coming out. Uh, apparently, the reviews from the circuit, mm-hmm. like the festival circuit, have been incredible oh awesome cool i'm excited so side note but look i mean i don't know you really have to start thinking like the millions of dollars companies are losing like i think i said in this oh the gdp in china has fallen 2.6 percent in three months to the end of june from the previous quarter so that basically means our economy is tanking slowly Mm -hmm. because of all these lockdowns and you have to wonder what is it doing to Disney and to 
the Disney parks yeah. and the money that like, I know it's like a jointly owned Shanghai Disney is like a China Disney owned thing, but I, I don't know. Like Disney is making all these improvements to Shanghai Disneyland already, like the new lands and all this stuff. And you got to wonder like, when does this end over there? And how much does. money are they losing? Yeah. It's, it's just nuts. I mean, so I'm just going to read this from a BBC article and this kind of sums it up what's happening over there. Okay. So basically millions of people are under currently 200 different lockdowns across China as the country of 1.4 billion people consistently records more than a thousand new cases a day. The numbers are seen as relatively small outbreaks in other parts of the world. However, earlier this month, uh, Chinese President Xi signaled that there would be no easing up of the zero COVID policy, which aims to wipe out all outbreaks, calling it a, quote, people's war to stop the spread of the virus. Well, okay. So we're at a stalemate then. (laughs) Okay. So I don't think you and I are going to Shanghai Disneyland anytime soon. I do not think we are, sir. No, no. I don't know. It's just, it's, you have to feel for the people over there that at some point. Enough is enough. They they just have no control. Yeah, Yeah, I know. Wow. Okay, should we go happy? Yeah, that was pretty dark. Sorry, that was that was a bit of a dark, but I don't know. I felt like we had to talk about it. we hadn't. Yeah. I feel like we haven't we haven't had to talk about COVID in the parks. Frankly, it's been so long. Really nice that we haven't had to, but yeah, yeah, yep. Do you remember those days where you're like, are we gonna have to wear masks? Not wear masks? Should we wear masks? I don't know. All the time. What social distancing look like. Yep. Social distancing. Whatever happened to that? Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, six feet, six feet, everybody. There are days I just, <laughs> there are days I'm on the New York City subway and I just want to be like, six feet, please. Don't forget <laughs> the social I'm distancing. Worried. You smell really bad. <laughs> you smell bad. Six feet. Um, so let's, uh, head over to my coast for a second. Phantasmic is back finally at Walt Disney World. Yay! Which, I mean, it's cute. I gotta say, I've seen it both at Disney World and Disneyland. Yeah. I like it at Disneyland better. What do you think? I always say this. The show is better at Disneyland. The seating is better at Disney World because they actually have a stadium seating. Oh, it's like a stadium. Yeah. Yeah. But I also kind of like the like just pile on in version of it at Disneyland. Yeah. I like it. I just don't. I don't love it. It just. I'd rather have a seat where I know I can be seated and not have to like. Chill for a few. Yeah. 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 Anyway. But it's back. Oh, look. Yeah. And Disney has released some photos and little preview of what to expect since it is back. They took out a Pocahontas sequence that used to be in there. Thank like there goodness. Like there was a longer Pocahontas sequence. Yes. <laughs> but they have done a little hat tip. So in there is a tribute to it where Pocahontas is painting all the colors of the wind briefly. Oh, okay. That's She's the like best part. Painting the colors. That's so, the best part yeah. of the movie. So, so keep that. You mean they got rid of John Smith and the the villain guy? I was so yeah. tired of the dig, yeah, they did. dig, diggity dig or whatever they're singing. Or <laughs> yeah, it was so silly. You could tell so that Let's Fantasmic has been made like right when that movie came out in the nineties, <laughs> because nobody knows the references anymore. Disney World is continuing to just hide all references of Pocahontas as best as they possibly can. Whoops, doodles. I also never forget that they literally have her like. Hidden down an alleyway behind Pizza Fari at Animal Kingdom. Yeah. Like you have to hunt her out to find her. Yeah. So there's a new incredible scene involving uh, Mulan. And then there's also. I thought, a you, I thought you said Incredibles scene. 
featuring scene. Moana. I thought you meant like featuring the in- Incredibles. And I was like, what? Yeah. how does that so, work? So uh, this is the multiverse of Disney. <laughs> Huh. Classic Disney multiverse now. Okay. They're really they're really going in on the no. An incredible <laughs> scene with a Mulan and then Moana. Uh-huh. There's a whole new scene. Uh Moana as she holds the heart of Tafiti, answering the call of the ocean. That looks real the photo looks really cool. Um, how they're doing it. What was neat about the Mulan stuff is to help choreographic choreographic <laughs> la la la. To help choreograph the Mulan scene, mm-hmm. they really wanted to incorporate authentic Chinese martial arts in it. So the creative team brought in Mimi Chan, the original muse and model animators used when bringing the character of Mulan to life in the 1998 animated film to help choreograph this. That is so cool. I'm so glad they did that. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So there's also going to be the classic scenes. You've got Belle and Ariel and... The evil queen summoning the forces of evil. All that's still there. And the very end where they're all on the steamboat. The steamboat. Waving their, yes. waving their things. Which I still love that they, that like the only good thing of that Disney Wish christening was when they basically did that. They put all the cast members out cute. waving. Yeah. Waving the things like they do yeah. on um, Fantasmic. And it's longer. How much longer? The added scenes. It is now 29 minutes instead of 26 minutes. Okay. Cool. Yay. (laughs) I mean, I don't think I would have noticed the difference. This is the first time that uh, Phantasmic has been updated since it premiered in Disney World in 1998. Wow. I believe that. I definitely believe that. That show is feeling a little Oh, 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 oh. I I almost forgot the most important thing. Because guess what? Disney animated film got added in to frozen, the show. Frozen, 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 frozen. Uh-huh. Yep, yep, yep. Just yep. for Kim. So there's a whole. <laughs> I don't know if Tangled made it yet, but. I'm sure um, it did not. A whole, there's a whole, quote, powerful scene with Elsa singing Show Yourself that is sure to thaw the most frozen of hearts. Oh. It will thaw Kim's heart. Her cold dead It'll heart. Thaw Kim's cold <laughs> dead heart. <laughs> I like that song. I like that one. I I do too. I don't think it gets enough love in the parks ever. I don't think so either. It's really pretty. It's always like, oh, that one yeah. and let it go, but Into the not... Unknown, that one. Yeah. 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 I I really like that one. Uh Ray, we listen to Frozen 2 a lot and I think I like that soundtrack a little better than the first one, to be honest. Let It Go is so great, but I'm also just exhausted of it. Who isn't? But, um, yeah, I think I like the second one. Let It Go, Dana. Well, okay, fine. I've let it go. Just show yourself the door and let it go. Because love is an open door. Okay. Get out of here. I'm I'm actually (laughs) siding with Kim now at this point. This is getting pretty ridiculous. (laughs) Um, Anyway, I'm excited to see it. When we do get down to Florida, we're going to make a point to try to go see it. We can get little man to... Stay awake, so we'll have to report back. Yeah. It's 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 just fun. Yeah. Like, it's cute. Yeah. I like it. So well nice. Um that is that. So now full circle, back to that segue from earlier. Taking your segue? It's I'm taking my segue and we're trotting around because I don't 
Uh, see, I can't do the words tonight. I don't want a lot for Christmas. A lot for Christmas, but there is just one thing I need. Okay, anyway. Uh, it is officially Christmas time at the Walt Disney Resort. Yay! Walt Disney World Resort and Disneyland Resort. So I am fascinated by how they flip the place over, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think it is... It blows my mind. And that thing that's on, I think it's on Disney Plus, where they did the Halloween at Disneyland. And they, it was like a documentary of how they transformed Disneyland from regular Disneyland to Halloween Disneyland yeah. overnight. It's like an army of people descend upon the park as soon as it closes. And they are running against a the timeline. There's like people being like, we've got three hours, like yelling at them. And they're all like rushing around to try to get this place turned over sounds kind of horrible a little bit doesn't sound like a job i'd want what doing all of this i would love to be part of it i don't know i don't i don't think i'd like the stress no i'd want to be the like crew shooting it but anyway so usa today posed the question to one of as they called it (laughs) santa's little disney helpers who works on transforming not only do the imagineers down there have to transform all the Disney World parks, but they also have to transform the Disney Cruise Line ships and Castaway Key, Disney's private island. And the hotels. So, all of the hotels have different yeah, and the hotel, They got a lot of work to do. Yeah, that's crazy. It, so it is no small feat. And they plan for this for months mm-hmm. in advance to make this happen. So one question that was posed to her was like, how long does it take to decorate Disney World for the holidays? So, Dana. Yeah. Epcot. Think of Epcot. How long do you think it takes them to flip Epcot from Halloween Epcot to holiday Epcot? Well, I'm trying to think that they don't have a lot up for Halloween, but I'm also remembering that like they have all the different um, pavilions that they do decorate, each of them to be themed to like the 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 country. Oh, I'm gonna guess time wise, like how many hours or days? Is that what you're saying? Days. How many days? days. I'm going to give it like 10 days because it's so big and maybe they can do it in steps. 10 days. We are talking about the magic of Mariah season. Okay. 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 There's something magical in the air. They transform Epcot in one night. One night. So park closes on 31st, November 1st. You're walking in and it is Christmas. What? Even all the all the pavilions, they get those done too? One night. Wow. One night. Wow. That's too okay. much. The overtime must be incredible. <laughs> Animal Kingdom. Well, I feel like Epcot was going to be the longest. Okay, I'm going to say two nights. Two nights? One night? So one night sort of. What okay. they do is that big luminary package that goes in on Discovery Island. Yeah where they have it all lit up, they actually start building that out at the towards the end of October over a series of days before they flip the switch and turn it on. Mm-hmm. But then the rest of the park, they transform in one night as well. Dang. One night. That one is night. crazy. This even includes putting the huge park, because each park has that beautiful Christmas tree at the entrance. Yeah. And that even includes getting that tree up decorated in the whole That's thing. That's crazy. I mean, I have to imagine it comes in like fully decorated and they just piece it together, but... Yeah, that all happens. Okay, Hollywood Studios. Well, I'm just going to guess one night now. One night. Five nights? No. Four nights? No. Two. Two nights. Two nights. 
two nights at Hollywood Studios. So what the, what she said is Hollywood Studios is two nights because they load in Echo Lake first. So all those floating ornaments mm-hmm. that are in Echo Lake, mm-hmm. that's done on one night. And they have to do that before they put the tree in. And then night two, they put the tree and do the rest of the glitz and glamour around Hollywood Studios. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Two-night process for that lake. Okay. And then saving the best for last, because it is always the most decked out park for Christmas, Magic Kingdom. Well, I'm going to guess one night because it feels like that's how quickly it all. <laughs> it's not one night. It's not one night. Um, Three nights? Nope. Two again. Two nights again. Two okay. nights. So, yeah. So what they do, it takes two nights because there's so much Halloween mm-hmm. there, right? Yeah. They have to get all the Halloween out, but they can't come in the night of October 31st after the park closes at midnight or whatever it does on Halloween and just take Halloween out because then you're opening on November 1st with no theming in the park. So they rip Halloween out and then they put in a good chunk of the Christmas decor so that it feels like, oh, wow, they did it. They changed seasons, right? And then the next night they do it all and they like just get in there and glitz and glamour the place. Sparkles of Christmas joy everywhere. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. But meanwhile, us out here on the West Coast, Disneyland, I don't know if you guys have seen this on things like TikTok or Instagram, <laughs> but we are lazy because they started changing over the uh, castle to be Christmas about like two weeks ago, like a week and a half ago really? before Halloween. So there's all these TikTok videos. Before Halloween was over. Before Halloween was over. Because, you know, here it's not a projection thing. It's like snow-capped little spires and stuff all around the castle. And so (laughs) there's all these videos on TikTok of the big Mickey pumpkin at the top of Main Street and then, like, panning over to our teeny tiny castle. And you can see it's all snow-covered already. So, yeah. (laughs) Well, a couple quick other little facts about the decoration overhaul. So they have over 40,000 finished pieces of decoration for the parks. Wow. Yeah. Where they store them, they have three warehouses in Orlando uh, that total about 160,000 square feet of storage to house all of that. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a little, little nuts. Uh, every year they go through refurbishment. So every year during the off season, People's jobs are to really be touching up those 40,000 items every single year in the off season because they want them to sparkle. They can't have anything looking old. Some other things they like change out every couple of years, but they're constantly like these are people's jobs year round that they're constantly just working on the Christmas decorations year round. So there are actual elves living in Orlando making Christmas yep. spirits yep. year they're round. They're counting down. <laughs> <laughs> they are counting down. I would be amazing if in their little workshop. It does look like a little, I mean, if we can find a picture of this that we can actually post, we should. But it looks like a little Santa's workshop. Yes. There. You know, at least working on the. We'll link the, uh, we'll link this article. It's from USA Today. So we'll at least link yeah. it so you guys can all see these pictures. Um, but I agree. It's pretty ridiculous. Like, it's cool. How many people do you think do this full time? Do you know an answer or are you asking just I do. Okay. I do. How many people do this full time? Are we counting like horticulturists? And- this is their year round full time job are the <sighs> Christmas decorations. I'm gonna guess like two hundred cast members. Just under fifty full time employees do this year round. Oh, that's way less. Do this year round. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Fifty people. Oh man. 
you must hate the holidays. You either have to really love the holidays or your house. Like, I want to know what these 50 people's houses look like at the holidays. And if there are just zero Christmas decorations (laughs) anywhere because they live and breathe it all year long. I want to know what the turnover rate is of this job because I feel like I would get so sick of Christmas so quickly that I wouldn't be able to last more than a year. That's crazy. Anyway, so it's kind of fun. But um, we'll, yeah, we'll share the article on Instagram. The last thing I'm going to bring up, because it would be a miss not to, being the sad little boy in Kansas who never got decorations for Hanukkah because we didn't have them. Disney is trying to remedy that. Yes. <laughs> um, year in and year out, I feel like for the last few years, Disney has had the exact same Hanukkah decorations and trinkets and stuff that they literally don't sell. And then they box back up and they wheel it back out. And it's always like at World of Disney and in the parks at the stores, it's always like the sad little shelf with the few pieces of Hanukkah stuff because Disney was like, oh, we got to we gotta do some. It's still a sad little shelf, but yeah. they finally refreshed the merch. Yay! So it was like for years, it was like, Light, love, laughter, latkes or something was their theme. Mm -hmm. Cute. But it was the same thing for years. So they have refreshed. There are, let's see, the new, new items. There is a royal blue reversible table runner embroidered with Hanukkah images and Mickey ears. Oh, cool. So you can get a table runner. You're not a Mickey ear guy. I would not buy it. Okay. Would you buy any of this, by the way? I wouldn't buy it. Uh, Maybe. B, uh, they've got a Hanukkah napkin holder set and Hanukkah napkins with menorahs and donuts and Mickey ears. We eat donuts at Hanukkah because you eat like food cooked in oil. Uh-huh. We, we like to symbolize our food a lot. So that's kind of cute. It's got little dreidels on it. It's like if you're going to have a fancy Hanukkah party, I guess you could do that. <laughs> Hanukkah gift tags with a menorah and a little hidden Mickey on it. Uh-oh. Really, really, really getting creative here, guys. <laughs> um <laughs> And let's see. Oh, we have Hanukkah wine glasses. Oh, that's you know. cool. They are a wine glass with dreidels, weird little arrows that I don't quite understand, and Mickey's on them. And then I kind of want to order this. And actually, like, if you wind up at the parks, you might have to go pick this up for me. Okay. It's. It, I actually really want this. It's a Hanukkah Mickey Mouse plush with a dreidel. Oh, that's cute. I like. I want that, that for Noah. Okay. All right. All right. I think that'll be. I'm gonna see if it's on Shop Disney. It's really, really, really cute. It's at the Downtown Disney District. So. It's oh, like, I can get that for you. Uh, and then they have a really awful <laughs> blue T-shirt, and <laughs> is Mickey. It's the shape of Mickey made out of donuts dreidels and in the middle of it is a giant menorah like wait show me a picture it says happy hanukkah on the sleeve it's so bad i don't know like what are they thinking show me the picture of it wait hold it down a little bit oh yeah but you know what to me that looks like every generic lame t-shirt they sell at disney that's like got way too many things and activity on it but yeah yeah, so I'm here for the Mickey plush. I love the Mickey plush. I would love Noah would love that. So well, I'm, that one. I'm just glad they made more Hanukkah merchandise. That's really finally. Cool. It's still a sad little shelf, probably in the corner of World of Disney. <laughs> I know. We just oh. recently they put out more of their Christmas ornaments, and our tradition every year is that we let Ray pick out one Disney ornament oh. in the parks, and so. 
I can't actually remember what she picked. Oh, I yes, she's obsessed with Lilo and Stitch, so she picked a Lilo and Stitch on a surfboard ornament, which is really cute. But unpaid oh. intern Ryan, I've never seen this in the 19 years I've been with this guy. I've never seen him go so insane over an ornament. But he saw Winnie the Pooh, who's half sticking out of the hole, you know, in the tree when he gets his belly stuck because um, he's trying to get the honey. Yeah. So it is an ornament that you can twist from one side and you can see Pooh stuck with his face. And on the back side is his little behind and it's also still stuck. <laughs> and Ryan saw it and he lit up and was like, oh, no, I love it so much. So I bought Ryan the ornament, too. He, he was so thrilled. So that's our tradition. That's cute. Our Disney tradition. That's cute. Well, good. Uh, well, I was going to ask, are we keeping in the Mariah season theme and doing a Mariah season themed Vault? We are definitely not keeping in a Mariah Carey theme, but we are keeping with the Christmas it is tradition Mariah theme. Mariah season. Oh Mariah my goodness. Because you made out with Mariah one time, you think it's the, she gets a whole season. <laughs> she she is, forget Jesus. It's all about Mariah. Like, let's be honest. It's all about Mariah. Now you've Nothing alienated probably that. half of our viewership, and uh, I can't wait to hear all the reviews we get. <laughs> it's Mariah season, not about Jesus. Um, yes, I did plan a Christmas-themed vault for us. This one's actually kind of it, – it's sad up top, and it's sad at the end, and I'm going to tell you why. Well, well it's on uh, on point for our podcast today, a little I know, sad a little sad. Well, I'm going to tell, for the first time we've ever done this on the podcast, I'm going to tell a vault of something that no longer exists at the Disney parks. Hmm. Any guesses what I'm going to talk about? That is sad. Ooh. And it's a holiday-themed. Mm-hmm. Um, is it Disneyland or Disney World? Disney World. Ooh. Is it... The 700 Leagues into the Sea or whatever it was. No, I forgot that even existed. Nope. Yeah. It's where Ariel's Undersea Adventure currently is. Yeah, I guess so. Um, No, it is the one and only Osborne Family Spectacle of Dancing Lights. Do you remember this? (laughs) I know. Wait, what? You don't remember this? this? Oh, my goodness. But you have to remember the very first time I ever went to Disney World was when I was like 22. Yeah, but that was a long time ago, and this existed all the way up until 2015, so. Okay, well, no, I don't remember this, so. Wow. Okay, I loved this, and I remember seeing it when I was a cast member and years before. The Osborne Family Spectacle of Dancing Lights, if you know, you know, was this incredible show, like, that was a choreographed show on the New York street in what was MGM Studios, then later Hollywood Studios, where they would play Christmas music and they would pipe in the fake snow and you could go and watch them sing things like Mariah Carey and it would be all of the lights going crazy. So it was so- You had me there. (laughs) I know, I know I did. Um, It was like, I think like 50 different songs that they would rotate, but it was all holiday songs and it was so special. You know what this sounds like? What? The short-lived Mickey's Mixed Magic at Disneyland. This is, no, this is nothing like that. Because this lasted for a really (laughs) long time. So let me tell you the story because I think it's really interesting. Okay, yeah. Okay, so it was called the Osborne Family Lights is kind of its nickname, but the full title was the Osborne Family Spectacle of Dancing Lights. And 
Just to remind you guys that this does not exist anymore, the information I got was from the archives of the Disney website from 2015. So all of my history comes from... Oh, you from, went deep. Oh, I went deep. Did you just find the Disney dark web? Yeah, I got onto the dark web. Is this the Disney dark no, web? No, it's pretty easy if you just Google Osborne Family Spectacle of Dancing Lights. Disney dark web. And then you find this. No, sounds better. Sounds better that you found the Disney dark web. <laughs> okay. Well, so now you know what it was. And now you also know that it no longer exists. But all of this actually began in 1986, all the way out in Little Rock, Arkansas, when a couple wanted to give their, at the time, six-year-old daughter a spectacular Christmas light show at home. Jennings and Mitzi Osborne, those were their names, Jennings and Mitzi, so Arkansas, um, lived on an estate in a really popular area of Little Rock in 1975. After they'd had their daughter, the couple decided that they wanted to go all out with Christmas and asked her, what do you want the house to look like with Christmas lights? And the daughter said, I want to have the house completely covered in Christmas lights. So Jennings obliged by purchasing a thousand stringed lights and put them all up. Immediately, everyone in Little Rock thought it was like the biggest, coolest scene. I'm picturing like um, Christmas vacation when you see Clark, you know, attach the <laughs> lights all together. Finally, yes, that's probably what this best, one house looks like. Ooh, maybe we'll watch that this weekend. Oh, anyway, I love that. It's my favorite one. So. As the years went on, Jennings would add more and more lights, and eventually he bought two of the adjacent properties to his own estate just so he could continue the light display. So he just bought two other big old estates next to him so that he could just do this Christmas show. That's how dedicated this guy was. Well, he had money. I also didn't mention this, but he and his wife founded like a, a hospital research center in Arkansas, so they did not have money. So by 1993, the display had over 3 million lights. Some of their displays included an illuminated what? globe. Yeah, 3 million lights at a home. Well, two, okay. three homes. Could you imagine, you know, when like the one isn't working and <laughs> yeah. then like the strand goes out trying to find yeah. the one? Like right. Three million. This is pre-LED babies. So they are dealing with like, <laughs> it is full on Clark Griswold trying to figure out the one bulb that they have to unscrew. Some of their popular displays were like an illuminated globe, which they also brought to Disney. They had uh, Bethlehem markings um, because they're, you know, Christian because, yeah, Christmas. Uh, They had two rotating carousels with lights placed on each side of their estate's driveways. And they had a 70-foot tall Christmas tree with over 80,000 lights on a three-colored layer. Uh, mounting at the top of their home. So they went all out. The Osbournes projected their light display for 35 days every holiday season from 6 p.m. to midnight. It garnered a lot of attention. It got a lot of local and even national attention for being such a huge spectacle. But the community, while everybody loved it, the neighbors did not. By 1993, six neighbors had filed lawsuits against the Osbournes for their spectacle. They said that it had created too much heavy traffic. and After they bought these other houses? Yeah, they already own half the block. But six other neighbors filed lawsuits saying that it was causing traffic jams and the light display was too distracting because it was going until uh, midnight. But Mr. Jennings Osborne 
retaliated by adding an additional three million lights to his light display. <laughs> he was like, I, I raise your six lawsuits with three million lights. So this legal battle ensues for like the span of two years between the Osborne family and all of their neighbors. And it goes all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. So... Mm-mm. Yeah, it really does. So first, it starts with the Arkansas Supreme Court, obviously, where they are told by Arkansas that they're required to change their plan. So now they're only allowed to do a 15-day window of their show and only do it from 7 p.m. to 10.30. But Jennings Osborne, Mr. Three Million Lights Retaliation, was like, uh-uh, I'm taking this right up to the U.S. Supreme Court. So he gets it appealed, and that's when he takes it to the U.S. Supreme Court in 1994. Oh, my gosh. And he also lost that <laughs> battle, too. <laughs> Justice Clarence Thomas, our favorite, uh, refused to halt the order, so the Arkansas Supreme Court had the power again in the scenario, and they declared that the show had to be shut down altogether. So poor Jennings Osborne lost his show. But it was because the story had reached the U.S. Supreme Court status that Disney first heard about this on the national news circuit. So other cities, once they heard that he could no longer do his show, all these other cities tried to purchase the light display and put them up in their downtowns. But there was one man from Disney, a man named Paul Fian, who was the project manager and did a bunch of the light shows at Disney. Mm-hmm. He reached out to Jennings and said, we really want this for our very new MGM Studios residential street. And Jennings misunderstood him and thought that it was also going to go to like Orlando's residential street. And he was like, nah, I don't, I'm not interested. He's like, oh, no, I'm sorry. Right. Our residential street means our back lot because we film movies and TV shows at our studio. <laughs> He's like, um, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, no. Oh, now I'm interested. So um, Jennings ended up selling his whole lot to Disney World. I could not find a price tag for what he sold it for, but it oh, had man. to have been so much. Millions probably in the mid 90s. Yeah. So, yeah, and Jennings also, I mean, clearly this man had an ego. If you took this all the way up to the Supreme Court, (laughs) he liked the idea of his legacy living on at the most magical place on Earth. So he accepted their offer. In 1995, the display was... Again, why are you and I not coming up with these ideas? Like, Really? Why aren't we doing this? We can be creative with lights. I will tell you, I don't have the money for two more (laughs) estates. I don't have the money for one estate, so that might be a little bit of a challenge. I might not. We could do your house. But but you're not understanding that I don't have room for the two next door houses, and none of our houses are considered No, we just ask them. We we make nice with your neighbors. Okay. Well, I think one of the two. We get the whole block. Because you know, actually, where my grandma lived in Kansas City, they had every holiday season, the Jews and the Christians came together. It was beautiful. And they had this incredible block long Christmas light display that went house to house to house and it was all interconnected from I all love the houses. That. I think that's yeah. so cool. I know so I we could do it. Yeah, we could. We could. But I don't think any of us are gonna get Disney to pay millions of dollars for our light display if our whole neighborhood does it. It's so like Knott's Berry Farm. Maybe they'll take it. Okay. That's more more Six plausible. Flags? Okay. Six Flags, they might be into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, so I still don't think Six Flags has millions of dollars to spend on this, but whatever. So in 1995, <laughs> the display was placed on the residential street on the back lot at MGM Studios. 
this was the working movie studio lot section, as we just talked about. So the tour tram yeah. would go by. I specifically remember going on this tour and seeing the Golden Girls house on the outside and that yeah. Adventures in Wonderland, Alice in Wonderland themed TV show that was on the 90s on Disney Channel. So anyhow, once the sun would set, then people... Wait, they didn't shoot the Golden Girls there, did they? I'm 90% confident that they did. I think they shot it in Orlando. What? You look it up gonna, while I finish sharing this news. I'm going to look that up. I think they did. That might be mind-blowing to me. So anyhow, once the tour tram would stop for the day, then people would walk the tour tram route to go look at the back lot lights. And so that was where they had them all the way up until 2004. The display was made up of over 10 miles of rope lighting connected by another 30 miles of extension cords. The extension cords and lights were held together using 2 million zip ties. 2 million. (laughs) I know. That's a lot of zip ties. It's too many zip ties. It took 20,000 man hours to install the display each holiday season starting in September. The lights would be turned on at dusk each night starting in mid-November, and they would run until the first week of January. And that required 800,000 watts of electricity in that time span. Did you find our answer? Oh, I have our answer. Okay, what is it? (laughs) So, okay, season one, the exteriors of the house were filmed in Brentwood. Oh, okay. Then, yep. And the address, if you want to go drive by, is 2459 North Salt Air Avenue in Brentwood. So if you want to go do a little okay. drive by, there's the address. But season two and onward, all the exterior shots of the Golden Girls house were done on set at Walt Disney World's Hollywood Studios in Orlando because they built a replica of the Brentwood Homes facade on Disney's residential street where it could be viewed during the backlot tour. But in 2003, the house was demolished along with the rest of the street. Making space for uh, who knows what I know. Space for in I know what because I'm about to tell you, and that's oh, exactly right. where I what? am in this story. So the Ooh, show, good segue. This was perfect, Adam. Look at us. Um, and also, see, Segways. I was right. My my seven year old memory of seeing the the back lot <laughs> is correct. So the show was moved. The light show was moved off of Residential Street in 2004 when the whole back lot was demolished to make way for the car stunt show called Lights. Motors, action, extreme stunt show. All of them had exclamation points. Do you remember this show? I do. Oh, I remember this show. I remember this. I would have preferred the Golden Girls house. (laughs) It was really ridiculous. It was like a NASCAR meets stunt show. And it had this like crazy stadium seating. It was um, a bunch of stunt cars that would come out and they looked like little tiny Hot Wheels and they would just roam around and they would rev their engines and do some flips in the air. And it was super lame. So that's what took over the cool back lot. And then have essentially torn down. That's what they tore down to build Galaxy's Edge. Well, I'm not there yet. It's part of the story. This is part of the Osborne Family Lights lore. So they Should moved be Osborne Studios at this point. I mean, seriously, they moved the display to the New York Street that was actually still a part of the theme park. And they also added artificial snow to fall down on the guests during the show. Thirty three snow machines that use 100 gallons of fluid every evening was what they used. <laughs> 100 gallons of fluid. Oof. 
In 2006, the park added 1,500 dimmer circuits and control switches so the show could electronically choreograph a light-to-music show. That's when they were starting to get these, like, awesome holiday song light displays, which is when they added the word dancing lights to the name of the Osborne Mm. family spectacle of dancing lights now. In 2011, the whole light display had a major overhaul as every single bulb was switched to LED lighting. So I'm sure they called Clark Griswold in for that one. I'm looking at you. These are the jokes, folks. I know. It's pretty bad. <laughs> there was like a, a light chuckle on my end. Uh-huh. Yeah, you looked at me. Like, oh, really? Um, uh-huh. All uh-huh. good things come to an end, Adam. In September 2015, Disney announced that they would be removing the New York Street to make way for Galaxy's Edge. This is your point. And this holiday season of 2015 would be the last Osborne family spectacle of dancing lights. So normally Disney takes down the holiday decor on January 3rd, but they extended the light display show for three more days. So its final run was on January 6th, 2016, where they ended by playing Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, followed by the sign off of the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse alma mater. So that's how they ended it. They said, now it's time to say goodbye to all our company. Uh, I know. It was so cool. I'm so sad you didn't see it. Um, so the big question. what they did with it. Well, Adam, your segues are just so perfectly timed on this episode. Um, the big I'm question so is, like, what happened to the Osborne family lights after Galaxy's Edge was built? Well, Disney ended up donating all of the lights to Give Kids the World, which is the kind of Make-A-Wish facilities. It's like a housing Mm -hmm. development that they have for kids to come and stay at when they visit Disney. So they still, Give Kids the World, did a portion of that show every holiday season from like 2016 on. Except, and this is where we end on a very sad note, folks. This year, in August of 2022, Give Kids the World announced that they were no longer going to be doing the Osborne Family Lights show. And they didn't mention that anything in return, just that they are no longer going to be doing it. So we don't... Did they say why? No, they didn't. It was a Twitter announcement. Grinch? I know. Well, hey, they're doing really good things for kids who Not have you. cancer. I know, but like... Oh, yeah, true. But like... Give us a reason. You can't I know. just be like, we're not doing it. We're not, we're not, we're not. One of the bulbs went out. We don't have Clark Griswold. I don't know. Um, so I don't, I, I just hope that maybe one of those cities who wanted this whole light display back in the mid 90s will say, hey, we want it again. And we can go to, I don't know, Cleveland or Seattle or wherever they're going to do it. But I just hope it lives on somewhere. It makes me sad that you never even saw it, Adam, because it was the entire. But now I'm going to go on YouTube. Yeah, please do. It was the entire like section of this land, and you couldn't look any direction without just seeing a million lights everywhere. I gotta say, you know, I like Galaxy's Edge and those things they put in the Hollywood Studios. Yeah, I miss New York Street. I know. I I miss. Because now that whole like Pizza Rizzo or not Pizza Rizzo's that's um wrong place the, the pizza restaurant that's in there the Mama or whatever oh um, it is Pizza Ma- Rizzo's there's two there's that one there's the Mama Italia or something like that yeah like, like it just feels slightly out of place in yeah. there now without New York Street and then I loved that they did a um 
with Once Upon a Time that used to be on ABC. Yes. They changed a couple of the storefronts there to match stores on Once Upon a Time, which I thought was cute at one point. I love that too. I mean, if you wanted to go (sighs) even broader than just the New York Street, I'm really bummed that they have just kind of taken away all of the Hollywoodness to Hollywood Studios. There is no working back lot. There is no real even tour of a back lot. There's no mention of it being a a studio, yet they're keeping the name as a theme park. I, I just get so frustrated with that. Yeah, I always think Hollywood Studios and DCA are essentially interchangeable. Yeah. And that they're basically just becoming the IP parks, right? Like, let's just throw a bunch of different IPs in there and that's what it is. Yep. You could not be more right. Okay. Well, folks. That's it. But I just, I want you, while you're on here, I want you to open up your text that I just sent you. Oh my gosh. Um, And I want you to skip ahead to like 10 or 12 minutes into this YouTube video so you can see what the Osborne family lights looked like in 2015. Somebody has a really great video and I'll link this on our Instagram as well, but I just need oh you to see gosh. it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Even with it muted, you oh. can see how much of a spectacle this really was. It was incredible. This is insane. Yeah. Every Why inch. Why did they ever get rid of this? Every single inch of this whole place Why was covered in lights. Pack this up and move it to Main Street. I don't know. I don't know. Or just. Could you imagine this on Main Street during Christmas? Yes. I mean, it would have been perfect there. But even still, if you didn't want to have that much of your Main Street taken up by this show, because it was like a whole netting over the encasement of oh, who this cares? area. But you could have done this at one of the cool resorts even. Like resorts. take over a section yep. of one of the resorts. If you had this, I mean, all it would have been was the manpower to put it up. Sorry, woman Again, power. they got to hire us. I know. We We're, give them these ideas. We can just sit there and come up with ideas for them. Hey, Disney, I think Give Kids the World will just donate these right back to you. This is pretty incredible stuff. Take it back. <laughs> um, so with that, that is the uh, end of the story of the Osborne Family Lights. Let's hope that uh, it lives on somewhere someday. Well, on that note, I want to wish everybody a magical Mariah Christmas. And <laughs> Dude, it's early we have, November. We have so many weeks. It's so, I know, and it's amazing. And I can't wait. Uh, strap in, folks. This is going to be Adam <laughs> got, the whole rest. Two months of this. I know. Seriously. Uh, but with two that, whole months. everyone, if, you, if you're if you still loving the podcast, please go on, rate, and review. It means a lot to us when you do that. And we do read them. Please write nice things because we do read them. And we have feelings and they can get hurt if you write mean things. Which nobody Everybody has, thank us. goodness. It's fine. Everybody loves us. All eight of you. Yeah. All six, probably, at this point. No, just kidding. But um, with that, folks, thank you for taking a listen, and we will see you all again next week. Bye.